yesterday and most of all today, I had totally no voice. I couldn't speak at all. And as the worship team was singing, I started to sing. My wife was like, maybe you ought to save your voice. But it's something when you hear those words. Oh, what a savior. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Come on now. I better, we, it's supposed to be 50 minutes long. Let me move. Let me move. <clears throat> this is a picture of Rosa Mae Butler. That means nothing to almost everyone in the room. But I have to be honest with you. For me, Christmas has never been a can't-miss day. And most of the meaningfulness that I find in Christmas is because of this lady. Rosa is my grandmother. I imagine I could poll most of the people in this room, and immediately you would begin connecting Christmas to family and reunions and gifts and time off. Where are my students and my teachers at? And, and all those things like that. And, and it's cool. And I know that some people will try to make you feel guilty about associating Christmas with these things. But I won't. Because the meaning of Christmas is limitless. Christmas is all these things and more. Christmas is family and movies and carols and gifts and full of life-changing truths. If you want to know the facts of the Christmas story, then you go to the beginning of the gospel according to Matthew or Luke like we read earlier in this service. But if you want to know the meaning of those things, you have to look at the book of John. So I want to to spend just a few moments tonight looking at some of the things that John tells us about the meaning of Christmas in the 14th verse of that first chapter. The sound of Christmas. My favorite Christmas songs are Silent Night by the Temptations. What Christmas means to me by little Stevie Wonder. Not grown Stevie Wonder. Not teenage Stevie Wonder. I know he had a beard. But I'm talking about little Stevie Wonder. This Christmas about Dunny Hathaway. And Santa Claus goes straight to the ghetto by James Brown. (laughs) Got to make it funky. And guess what? Guess what? These were my grandma's favorite Christmas songs also. At the beginning of verse 14, we're introduced to Jesus as the word. If we were to go back to verses 1 through 3, we would see more of what John tells us about Jesus as the word about Jesus as the sound of Christmas. Here's what he says. He says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. 
the word that is translated word in our English text is the word logos. Logos is also where we get our word logic from. So what does it mean when we say that Jesus is the logic of God? It means that God has given us in Christmas not an indisputable argument to prove that Christianity is true, but he has given us an indisputable person. Let me explain. If you came to my house or into the office over the last month or so, um, you would think that because of what you heard playing that I like a lot of Christmas music. But you would be false. The truth is, I like very little Christmas music. I've just been letting Alexa decide what to play. The way that you can learn what my favorites are is the same way that I learned them from my grandmother. I asked her and she told me. What that means is you can know a lot of things about God. You can learn about God. You can know all these different facts about him. You can believe in him. You can do all these things that you think he says are good to do. But if you want to know him, it takes Jesus because Jesus is the ultimate revelation of who he is. God chose to make himself known finally and ultimately through a historical man, a real man. And that man is Jesus, the word of God, the sound of Christmas. And if Jesus is the sound of Christmas, is to be God's ultimate revelation of himself, it means that if we want to get to the bottom of Christmas and to know God himself, then we have to study Jesus. We have to take a look at his life. We have to take a look at the facts about his life and the things that he taught and the claims that he's made. And and we have to process it all. Have you done that? Have you taken it seriously? Do you want to know God? Do you want to know if God is real? Do you want to know him personally? It can only happen through the word because that's how people work. You get to know them through the word. Jesus is the word, the ultimate clearest revelation of who God is. But that's just not all. Christmas is a sound, but it's also a feel. You know, Uh, I can still remember getting hugs from my grandmother. I mean, my grandmother might have been five feet tall. And even when I was the 6'4 football player, it seems like my grandmother's arms would would go on forever. And and even the teenage version of me was, was not too cool to get long hugs from my grandmother. I mean, it seemed like when my grandmother would hug me, everything that had hardened in me would just soften. And if I could still fit in her lap, I would sit in it. I remember one Christmas when she was in a nursing home and she couldn't tell I was there, but I just had to go out and sit by her bed because there was something about the feel of grandma. The next thing we see John say about Jesus after stating that he was the word is that that he became human. What does that mean? It means a couple of things for us this Christmas. It, first, it means that God became vulnerable. 
The word was made soft. The divine was made human. Uh, it, it, the word was made killable. And, and Christmas is so radical because, because it highlights the fact that Christianity, out of all of the religions in the world, say that the divine creator of the world has become human and therefore is vulnerable. Christmas is telling us that when Jesus, the Lord of heaven, heard our cries, he came down, he made himself vulnerable, and he didn't come down at the risk of his life. He came down knowing that it would cost him his life. But he came because the word became flesh, the word became human, and the word became vulnerable, the word became killable. Christmas means that, and, and one of the most fascinating implications of the word becoming human is this, is that the word becoming human, if it's true, means that the God of heaven has become flesh and that he understands you. And because he understands you, because he's been where you've been at, he knows everything about you. And why does that matter? Well, in so many songs that we sing around this season of the year, we say that he is a wonderful counselor. Well, you know, when I was looking for a counselor, my wife, who's a therapist, recommended that I find someone who could identify with the things that I were going through so that I didn't have to start at zero. You know, that, that would understand my struggles. Why was that important? Because the best counselors are, are, are those people who've been through what you're going through and they come out on the other side. And now they're OK, but now they talk to people and help them go through the things that they have already gone through. Those are the counselors who understand. And so Christmas is saying hunger and loneliness and homelessness and grief and rejection and betrayal and torture and injustice. He has experienced them all. Have you been betrayed? So has he. Are you broke? So was he. Are you facing Seth? So did he. Are you lonely? So was he. You can go to him. He's the wonderful counselor. You need to go to him and take whatever it had, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you have to him. Christmas has a sound. Christmas has a feel. And Christmas has a place. When my grandmother was healthy, there was never a question where Christmas lunch was going to be held. I don't care how successful you got or how big a house you got. Christmas lunch was always at grandma's. And now my grandmother has passed and the house has been sold. That's actually a picture of the house. For the first couple of years, there was no Christmas lunch after my grandmother passed because for most of us, Christmas had a place. And when grandma left, it felt like we lost a piece of that place. The last and most amazing thing that John says that's found in verse 14 of this text is that when the word became human and made his home among us so that we could see his glory. When John says these things, he's making us remember when Moses was up on the mountain and he asked God, he said, 
I want to know you. I want to connect with you. I want to see, show me your glory. Let me see your face. And do you remember what God told him? He says, I can't. It'll kill you. You won't survive it. But here's what I'll do. We'll make this great big tent called a tabernacle. And that will be the place where I'll dwell. And that'll be the place where we meet. And, but, I'll, but I'll have to meet with you from behind the veil. And, and, and because, because my glory must be covered. You can't see it. You can't behold it. You can't know it. You can't touch it. But, but that is the exact opposite of what God is saying through Christmas. When Jesus, a person, is the place where God and man meets, the the place where Christmas takes place, we get to see what Moses never could. What does that mean? It means two things. The first, it means is that Christmas is the end of religion as we know it. All the other religions say, do all this stuff and you will be accepted, where Christianity says that you're accepted because of Christ and now you can do all these things. The religion says, live like this and you'll be accepted. Christianity says, no, you're accepted because of who Jesus Christ was and what he did. And it's the exact opposite. And so it means that it's the end of all this religion stuff is gone because Jesus is the place where Christmas takes place. He himself is the end of temples and sacrifices and all that kind of stuff. He ends it all. The second thing it means is this. In the Old Testament during Moses' time, the tabernacle was not only the place where God and men met, it was also the place where sacrifices took place and, and, and where, where sacrifices were needed in order to close the gap between God and man that was caused by our sin. And so, so when Jesus came to earth to become vulnerable, why? So that he become killable, why? So that he could pay the price and that he could close the gap. That's the reason why Christmas You have the glory of God become a baby. In the Old Testament, the glory of God is seen as smoking mountains and pillars of fire and consuming fires. But but we're being told that at Christmas time, that the majesty of God, which no man can get his mind around, the holiness of God, who has become a baby. A baby is accessible. A a baby is safe. A a baby is embraceable. A lot like those embraces I got from my grandmother. What that means is because Jesus Christ has died on the cross, paid our debt, and closed the gap that just as God came into history, now the glory of God can come right into our lives. That's what Christmas means. Yes, Christmas means songs and movies and reunions and time off and food. Christmas means all these things and more because Christmas has a sound, it has a feel, and it has a place. And these are what make Christmas a gift. You know, I'm 39 and a half years old. And when I was eight years old, my grandmother gave me this wallet. And it had a $10 bill in it. 
And I've carried it every day since then. Long ago, I should have swapped it out for a new one, but it reminds me of her and of Christmas. And I was afraid that if I swapped it out, that I would lose a piece of her. So I bought new wallets, but I always made up with an excuse for not to use them because they weren't exactly the same as this one. And, and so this wallet just simply can't go on. It, it, all my stuff falls out of it. <laughs> and so over this Christmas break, I'm actually going to start my transition to this wallet here. It's one I bought in Cambodia while I was on this mission trip with this pretty young lady who's my girlfriend, who is now my wife. It was on that trip that I proposed, actually. I've come to realize that I don't have to replicate the sounds and the feels and the places of others' journey in order to celebrate Christmas. I simply have to give and receive the gift of Christmas, which is the person and work of Jesus Christ. We do that by what we call stepping across the line of faith. When we step across the line of faith, we're saying that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, that he is the true gift, that he's the the sound of Christmas. He's the the indisputable argument that he's the feel of Christmas. He made himself vulnerable for us. He made himself killable for us. The divine became human and he's the place of Christmas. He's the place where God and man meets the life-transforming glory of God becomes real and and reachable and touchable in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you want to make that decision tonight, in just a moment, I'm going to pray no special words, no special order of words, just giving you the opportunity to do that. For those of you in this room that have stepped across the line of faith, I want to issue this challenge. Give the gift. While this wallet is a physical reminder of my grandmother, my earliest memories of my grandmother were of her taking me to church with her. She knew that this wallet would wear out someday, but the presence of the word in my life never would. And she would always have another one to give. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son. That in him, Father, we have the indisputable argument. Let us search our hearts and our minds and truly seek to know him to know you through him. Thank you, Father, for sending your son to be the fill of Christmas, 
a wonderful counselor that has experienced everything that we may ever experience. And thank you, Father, for your son, the place of Christmas, where we may get to behold your glory. If there's anyone here tonight, Father, who walked into this place without a relationship with you, I I pray, Father, that tonight that would change, that tonight they would give themselves to you, that they would say that they're already accepted through the person and work of Jesus Christ, that this Christmas they met you. And while they may celebrate family and carols and time off and food, that Christmas would be all those things and more. We pray these things in your darling son Jesus' name. Amen.